Hello everyone, welcome to the In The Frame podcast. I'm Luke and today I'm on my own because we're bringing you a special episode, a clip show episode of the In The Frame podcast. We've gone back through our back catalogue of episodes and brought you the best bits all about diversity in the film industry. So sit back, enjoy, and if you want to know more about us, please go to earthfordorg forward slash in the frame. Subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on all the social media platforms. If you're listening to on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, welcome. Uh, please enjoy and remember to leave a review or give us a follow. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And so thank you very much. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys soon. Enjoy. But you think in general, sort of, you know, young women coming from your background, would they would they get that kind of support to get into the media? Do you see things that are around that are helping to change that at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think particularly now as, as, as these sorts of courses and being able to use, you know, the technology that we have access to um, is a lot more encouraging. You know, a lot more people are doing media. Media is a part of our lives, you know, self-promotion, um, the internet, all of these things are there. I think when I was starting out, none of those things were there. And what was the biggest thing was BBC, you know, that was the end goal. If you were from um, an Asian background, the, the end goal was you will get a job at the BBC. You know, that's a really good job to have because it's a job for life. Um, and I think, I think in some ways that's a bit harder because what I, what I wanted to do was not that, you know, mm. I didn't want the job at the BBC. Um, for, for different reasons, for lots of different reasons. I mean, the dyslexia was, was something that held me back, which is why I always thought that's not for me um, when I was growing up, that is. But I think today, I've, you know, I don't see a lot of um, female Asian um, directors slash programmers, because I'm programming screen dances, but I don't see many women that are independent filmmakers. Um, and so, and so I hope, I hope that is being encouraged a lot more, but certainly within my networks, I don't see a lot of that, but I'm hoping that now with the access to technology and access to get on, getting onto courses, things like that, that being an independent filmmaker is much easier than what it was when I was growing up. So it was certainly hard, you know, it was great. I was being encouraged, but then, um, you know, I think, the, I think there was a, there's an air of disappointment that you've not you've not got that one job that everybody feels you should be in, which is in broadcast, you know, any, any sort of channel, some sort of broadcast would, was the end goal. So, so yeah, I think if, I'm not, I'm unsure if young people are battling with that at the moment, whether their sites are, are for broadcast. Um, but I feel like the, 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 the net is much wider now. Um, and I, and I hope like the second generation, third generation of uh, Indian heritage families are, are now opening up their, their minds to sort of different platforms that media can be on, you know? And so it's not just broadcast TV, it can be anything from social media to video content, to making, to making short films and feature films. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see many women, but, um, but, you know, I just hope, I hope that changes. I think there is a general sense that things are, are changing, but, you know, what, what, what do you think kind of needs to happen that we get a, a slightly fairer landscape in terms of the industry, particularly from in terms of access points, you know, for young people from different backgrounds to feel like they can, they can at least begin that journey to see where it takes them? 
Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a really important question and uh, I don't have a simple answer and I am facing it right now on, on a project. I mean, I'm really trying to construct a very diverse crew um, with heads of department from a diverse background uh, in the broadest sense. And it's quite hard because unless you have already a good body of people, um, you know, you don't want the exception to prove the rule where, you know, one person gets through and then but, but who's coming up behind them you know and, and whether it's um you know black or asian um dop or you know whatever the whatever the sort of minority uh you're looking at it's 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 the volume is not there at the moment so it's how to get the volume and i think that is through the next phase of education and training and apprenticeships and it's that that's where it has to happen because you just need volume you need volume so that so that when you are, you don't want to all be scrabbling around for the two or three, um, you know, super qualified um, fame line producers or what, whatever it is you're you're trying to bring yeah. sensitivity towards. Um, it's a real it's a real struggle. But it, I have to say, you know, it's like, um, you know, I, as a work, you know, my dad was a printer. I technically come from a working class background, and it was wasn't easy to get in. I, I felt the initially difficult to get in and i know it's harder still you know i'm a white guy and it's and and, and i'm you know middle class now so it's easier for me but it's I, I guess the thing is is as a person you know don't let it define your experience um take even if it's not your fault structurally take absolute responsibility for your kind of own what can you do today about this even if it's not fair and if even if it doesn't seem right is there someone you've met that you could follow up with? Is there a person you've admired who you've seen has worked in this field that you can, uh, or you know, projects that you really like that you can sort of try to build a relationship with? And then beyond that, I think now is I don't think I don't think the film and TV industry has been more aware of its shortfall, its failings as it is now. And now yeah. is a good time to shout about your desire and your need to sort of get in this business and and um don't be don't be shy and timid about pointing out why it's time for you to be getting a chance and again be polite respectful but be noisy you know um and i i genuinely think um when i talk to line producers you know i i've been interviewing line producers um this last couple of weeks for a, a new hbo show set in jamaica we have no problem with um, local cast and crew yeah. But to get the UK unit together, I'm like, I ask every line producer, what's, what are we going to do to make sure that we're not just going to the same old, same old? Um, how are we going to make sure we cast down there? And I think overall, everyone says, well, we still, you know, once you've met the two or three designers who are, um, you know, of diverse background, um, what do you do then? You need the volume to come through. So that has to happen structurally. I know the BAFTA, by hand wringing about this over um, over this lockdown last year, mm. and they have changed their whole voting approach, and they are making it more likely that um, the smaller projects that have had lower budgets that are made from more diverse voices are more likely to get considered for awards. And having yeah. awards is the thing that then gets you to be the you know it's such a such a crude world we're in where like if you win something you're great because someone else has said you're great. And then before you know it, you know, the media latches on and then before you know it, the yeah. money attaches. So I think getting more um, those awards 
uh, programs need to be changed, training needs to be ramped up. I mean, I don't know if you remember as well, um, Pip, but you know, when we worked for, when I worked for Screen West Midlands, I hadn't realized for a while until we did realize um, that, that, that even though our doors were wide open to uh, the sort of, which I mean, Birmingham is a very diverse culture, but we weren't getting a lot of applications from the black and Asian communities. And that was because we were just perceived as this white organization that only mm -hmm. wants applications from white people, which just couldn't yeah. have been further from the truth. But actually, how do you then communicate the fact that you're, you know, culturally you're open to a more diverse slate? And so we did try to make projects that were yeah. the road mm -hmm. to Guantanamo about the Tipton Three, and then one day Penny Walcock's, um, hip, you know, uh, mm -hmm. grime musical involving a lot of local community. You try to send the right signals, but even then you just got to make sure um, you're not being culturally biased. And I think a lot of producers and people I know are going through training with BFI's diversity unit and trying to make sure you're not doing you know, unconscious bias, I guess, is a thing you, you just have to watch. Yourself. Do you think it is better now in terms of more accessibility for people to actually get into the industry? Or do you think it's stagnating? Um, I think it's better in that people are much more aware of the choices that they make. Um, I remember having conversations with people at one of the companies that I was working with about, you know, how, how and where we chose to look for people that might, you know, apply for a job or, you know, where we might look for candidates. And I remember at that particular time, somebody turning around and saying to me, well, I thought we'd just choose the best person for the job. And I said, yes, but it depends where you're looking for the people that come to do the interview before you choose who's the best person for the job. If it's, you know, all the sons and daughters of people that work in the company that are kind of, you know, want to get into the industry, that's a very small pool of talent. But if we're advertising it in different places and different parts of the country, spreading your net wider, then that will make a real difference to who comes in. I think we need a real mix of experience. Yeah. And I think going back to my own experience of you know people like us don't work in tv mm. i remember at the time i was uh, i was growing up on merseyside brookside was on tv and boys from the black stuff had just been on tv and i remember looking at those two things and deciding that my dad must be completely wrong because if there was nobody like me working in tv then how did those two programs get made um i think there is a big thing about if you can see it you can be it yeah. and i think we do need to spread um not spread we need to think about experiences more widely be open to different kinds of ideas and different kinds of stories i think it's really interesting that in one country where a film body a film council for that country decided that they were going to give their funding equally to male directors and female directors what was really interesting there was that in the following years when those films were made the films from female directors were getting more awards elsewhere because they were telling stories that nobody had seen before and that felt different and new and unusual. You know, they were standing out in the market in a different way. But that took people to make a difference to say, yeah. actually, we're going to treat this in a different way. We're going to look at doing this in a different way. I think now there are many more um, training opportunities and schemes that look for people from a diverse range of backgrounds. Um, and then there's awareness of that in a way that there hasn't been before. I think the industry does change very, very slowly, but I think it is starting to happen. Thank God, not before time. If you could go back and say something to your, you know, emerging self, 
um, in those first years as you're beginning to kind of see where you're going, think what you're doing. Is there anything that you can kind of look on now with the experience that you have, you know, so far to, to say back to yourself, perhaps to, to help you at that point that might be useful to our viewers? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things I would say to my younger self, and I'm talking to the 13, 14, 15 year old who wanted, who liked film, um, that hold on to your uniqueness because, you know, at that age, it was, it was not an easy time to grow up, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a town like Blackburn and so you 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 do everything you can to kind of um, integrate but also fit in to a certain extent you know so and so some of the your uniqueness which back then would have been a I'm Indian b I'm, I'm a girl I'm a female uh, c I'm interested in all these different things I'm very very sporty for some reason I'm very very sporty cycled everywhere in Blackburn which is probably why I cycle cycle now you've got amazingly unique pot of amazing elements there that make you seema um and so i would you know if i was to if i was to go back in that time i probably don't not just from 14 i would say up up until you 18 20 21 you mm. know all of those years where you still you know one bit confused about not confused about your identity but kind of a bit a bit challenged by it because you you feel different you think you're different um, I would say, no, embrace, embrace your uniqueness because that's what will get you where you're going to be. Um, and I think particularly if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have done the work that I now do um, with disabilities. Um, and, and the, you know, I've just, if I look back on the, the last six years, most of the screen dance work has been all about working with learning disabled dancers or, or disabled arts or dance and it's because I've, I have um, I guess that insight you know and, um, and for me I'm incredibly inspired and passionate about making sure that I, I profile uniqueness in some way and we're all unique you know um, but I certainly would I certainly would would want to have told myself that when I was younger yeah I was going to say that there's there's something about the other side of the uh, of the camera as well, isn't there? There's the stuff that's behind, but I think to inspire, you know, the next generation of young people who perhaps don't necessarily think this is a career they can go into. And I think it's great that you know the, the show that you did, Industry, you know, on the BBC, is a fantastic young black actor that's in the Mahana. Yeah, you know, and and I think it's just really important that we're we're putting that diversity on screen as well, and we're picking stories that are from those you know kind of diverse voices and 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 ang angles of society that perhaps have not been looked at i mean i know De debbie whose podcast comes out today actually you know did two of steve Sir steve mcqueen's small acts uh, projects as line producer and i think you know this it is, i think that's another really important part of it isn't it that it's the stories that are being told as well as the all of the things you've talked about in terms of opening the doors and encouraging people into the industry Exactly. And that was, I mean, one of the things that attracted me to industry was it's divert the diversity. I mean, it's on, in the, on the page, you know, it was not, this was not going to be a load of white bankers. Um, no. Nothing wrong with that. But I, you know, as a guy growing up in Tottenham, for me, my, my world was very diverse. And that's where I felt more comfortable, more than a kind of this kind of um, 
uh, you know, merchant ivory world of, of, of you know, period drama. So nothing against them either, because I love mm. them. But um, I just want to see rich, more diverse voices. And if you look at my slate as a producer, it is very yeah. diverse. And yeah. that, that's the I am looking for, you know, the next Steve McQueen and um, or, or or the next um, Derek Jarman, if you like, mm. you know, the next gay artistic yeah whatever it is i want to hear. i think the more interesting voices are, are on the margins um and and that's where i'm looking so brilliant but there's no i just think you know when i i just worked something out about four years ago life isn't fair and yeah. um and while we're all hoping that everyone will get their act together to make things better and more system systematically better for everybody you as an individual have got to just think you've got a hand to play you've got your unique talents and it's like how can you you know just you know get up and go out every day and just go i've got something to offer here and not let all that rubbish get yeah. in your head too much which is not to say it doesn't exist because it is there is it is unfair yeah just take as much responsibility as you can for your own journey really mm. and get a lot of help along the way we all i mean i wouldn't be here without masters of help i've got I mean, I've done this thing recently myself is a list of mentors and a list of like a tribe of mentors idea where you've got people that you know are generally on your side, who generally like what you do, who probably would be quite happy to see you advance as opposed to people who might be quite happy to see you fail yeah. and just think, okay, how can I use them really well to get an intro to someone just to send my CV or Get an in, maybe a friend of yours just got at their first gig. Okay, is there anything in there that you might be able to kindly ask them to help you with? Yeah. Even if it's like, look at your CV and what do you think? Would this get me through the door? That sort of thing. I do that myself now. Yeah. So, Bullet, um, I know you've made several short films relating to disability. What was the impetus for that for you? The reason I've made several films and explored um, topics around disabilities is uh, it largely comes from the fact that my mom is deaf. So I've always been around the deaf community and uh, deaf culture. And it, it doesn't seem like anything out of the norm for me. Um, and at one point, what I was, I was seeing lots of in content around the deaf community. I wasn't seeing enough of the positive side of it because it's a vibrant community um lots of laughs um it has its own ways nuances wouldn't see much of that um and i wanted to show that and i still do want to show all that uh, for deaf awareness week i wanted to do something i had some time um and i felt like i want to do something positive that doesn't treat the deaf community as a disability or a community that needs help because it you know it's not to be treated like that i mean obviously that's specific specific around um you know deafness and stuff and you obviously had a, a personal experience of that as somebody who comes from a an underrepresented shall we say community the kind of south asian community in terms of perhaps the wider film and tv industry how important is it to you that the industry is grappling with and and dealing with the idea that we need to be much more open to people who are coming from diverse backgrounds and making sure there are places for them to be included, you know, within the industry. For me personally, I feel like I've had it good in the industry. I've been treated well. 
I can't pinpoint times where I felt like I've been discriminated against. It's, it's probably a result of the hard work and drive from South Asians that wanted to get in the industry in, from the 80s and 90s, from a long time, you know, from early on. This is a result of that. Yeah, the, the, we need more South Asians and um, black people in the industry. The, the demand is there now because of lots of initiatives, lots of uh, demand. Um, but the supply isn't there. The industry is doing lots at the moment um, to, to be more inclusive, but you still might not be able to reach lots of people because the South Asian community traditionally doesn't encourage the, the creative industry as a career. And there's reason behind that is because we're still early on in the generations here and the first few generations is all about survival. They, they set up their lives so that their kids could have well-paying jobs. And at that time, well-paying jobs were accountants, doctors, and um, academic uh, professions. We've got more luxuries thanks to the early generations. One of the luxuries is that you can start to explore the creative industry as a career option. People don't know what they don't know. So it helps when in the industry, if you see people having, so it helps within the community to see people making a living from the industry. I'm hoping now from, from the, all the young people in my family, my nieces and nephews, that they will grow up seeing uh, the creative industry as another profession, a normal profession, something that they can explore because there's somebody in the community that does it for a living. You're passionate about other people discovering opportunities and you know ways to develop their talent and stuff. So tell us a bit about this amazing project back in that you've been involved in for a few years. Yeah, so so back in is um, I'm I'm really passionate about that project. So back in is a I was about to say six month. It's that's expanded to nine month um, film development program that is um, produced by Punch Records um, and managed by myself. So in collaboration, we're we've developed this program that is serving an issue of diversity in the filmmaking community. So it's kind of a response to the less than 3%, I think the official figures are from BFI, less than 3% of the film industry around the world is made up um, by BAME, by people of color making film. And even that figure isn't people in lead roles, it's just involvement. So technically on a, on a world scale, um, black filmmakers are pretty much invisible. So we know that we can't solve the whole problem, but we're very much um, passionate in trying to do our little bit. And for me as well, um, going back to you know my early career, looking up, representation was a big thing. Representation is uh, a reason why I almost kind of stopped doing what I was doing. Luckily, I never. But not having somebody to look up to who looks like you has such a massive impact on moving forward. Sometimes you only need to see one person that, that looks or is similar to a place where you've come from. And internally, it's just like, oh yeah, it is possible. Or I, I feel comfortable and I don't feel silly moving in that, in, in that direction. So backing is not only designed to make sure that um, people of color uh, equipped with this, the skills and the opportunities to get into the film industry, but also so we create this kind of um, community, this ecosystem where people can look up and be like, it's possible. I can see somebody that looks like me, somebody that may not come from a traditional film um, school background or they've got relatives in film or have received funding in the past, blah, 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 but it's possible and there's a support mechanism in place that is going to champion, um, you know, the, the 
us that are not necessarily represented and um, counted for in the industry and it's going to help move us forward and the, the process and the journey has been amazing i mean we've got partnership with um, bfi who have been amazing and you know they they get involved so much in offering um support and advice and they help with the masterclass sessions as well um, yourself people you've offered so much advice and people um over the three years about to launch the fourth year now um over the three years that we've been running it are still talking about the very kind of real industry support that they've had from you as well and, and that's what we're really focused on in backing is we don't want to do a, a checkbox exercise where it's oh you get a certificate at the end or you 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 know we, we send you along and oh now you're ready for the industry it's very much a case of we try to put them in front of people in the industry who will give them real answers and real guidance and we get them on real sets and we give we commission them so they've got money to go out there and make films and then when those films are made we do a um, a celebration at the end where we do a cinema screening so we'll hire out a cinema we'll invite down you know press um, well we have press throughout anyway so there's always magazines and newspaper reports um, we have a real kind of showcase at the end um, and have all of the people that have, have been involved to come and get involved and help move them along in their journey and it, it's, it's been amazing I know I'm rambling on a little bit about it I'm just so passionate about it but um, the success stories has been crazy. We've got people that are now working with the BBC. Um, we've got a person that is now um, a producer for various different companies, um, like some, some really big companies. Somebody from the first cohort, I think he worked with her as well, um, who um, recently did a spot with um, Lenny Henry that was on BBC. Um, somebody had a feature film, which was, uh, they were involved in a feature film that had cinematic distribution. One person is now making viral videos all over the world. Like it's crazy that it's actually, it worked. It's not a case of, oh, we've done it. And now they're just in a little silo doing films in their room. They're actually in the industry, working in the industry. And I'm so super proud of them. Thank you everyone for watching this episode of the In The Frame podcast. As always, I have been Luke and you know, have a great time. See you guys next week. Bye.